Okay, this is John Curry, and I have on the telephone with me today Betty Hodges. Betty, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. It's always good to hear your voice. Um, Betty, the last time we were talking, uh, we were talking about your life insurance policy and over the years how you've not had to pay premiums on that policy because of a provision called waiver premium that we put on your policy. And what I'd like to do today is just take a few minutes, 10, 15 minutes, so we can share with people exactly how that has benefited you. Because most people buy life insurance, and they think that they're buying it just because when they die, they're leaving money to someone else. That would be nice. (laughs) But in your case, if you would, please, to the extent that you're comfortable, would you share your story? And then, if you don't mind, I'll ask you some questions to to fine-tune it. But what you were sharing the other day was such a beautiful story, so if you don't mind sharing, let me just shut up and let you talk. Okay. Back before I got ready to retire from the state, I knew that the state policy at that time didn't pay but $4,000 for a death. So I wanted to switch to a whole life policy that would give me more money or give my survivors more money, at least enough to pay off my house and that kind of thing so that the burden would not go to them. Well... When John came in and we were talking about writing the policy, almost two years before I retired, it was um, his suggestion that we add a disability clause to the policy. I said, sure, what the heck, you know, it doesn't cost me any more money, it's there, and I never know when we might need it. Well, on the whole, two years after I retire, I'm disabled. My doctor had told me I'd be in a wheelchair in six months. My back was going out so fast. So I called John's office and I told them what had happened and Dr. Wingo gave me a disability statement to go in the pilot to go with the policy request. And I had already paid the premiums for the last for the two months previous and they gave me back that when the disability was declared retroactive. So they gave me back my not only gave me back my premiums, but they took over the premiums and I still earn cash value on the policy. The policy's still valid in full. I didn't lose any value on it. So it has really made a tremendous difference because a hundred and something dollars a month coming out of my retirement would have been a chunk. And I was making it, but not knowing how, what kind of medical bills I was going to have, my co-pays and that kind of thing, it really made a big difference not to have to pay that policy and knowing it's still in force. Very good. <clears throat> Very good. And uh, let me uh, go back and point out a couple of things that... Uh, piggyback on what you said, when you said no additional cost, there was a little bit more cost because for the waiver premium rider, the company did charge you a little bit more. I've long since forgot how much it was because they... Because well, it wasn't enough to worry about. No, it wasn't. It was a very small amount. And unfortunately, we'll find policies that <laughs> some people write for their clients and they don't even tell them about the waiver premium or put it on there. And all of my career, 40 years now, my view has been that I should always let the client vote 
because if something were to happen, like in your case, you do become disabled, I would feel terrible if I never told you about it. And I think that you, the client, should be the one to make that decision, not someone making a decision for you. Well, I certainly appreciate the fact that you gave the option to me and gave me an opportunity to say yes, because I would have lost the policy and everything had I not had the disability rider in there. You know, what's interesting also, Betty, the comment you made about uh, a loss of policy, not only have you not lost the policy, but the policy has actually grown in value right. uh, in death benefit and cash, even though you're paying zero premiums and haven't for a long time. Uh, you bought this policy back in uh, 1992, and all these years that Guardian has waived the premium, the coverage has increased substantially. I won't get into the dollar amount because that's personal, uh, but just suffice it to say that the death benefit is quite a bit larger than when you started, and <clears throat> excuse me, the cash value is growing each and every year by a big chunk, and you have the right anytime you need that money to use it. But yet, many people believe that a whole life policy is too rigid, you can't use the money while living, it's only when you die, um, and you're tying up your money. Uh, Would you address that just a little bit from your perspective, uh, from a client's perspective? Well, when the disability rider was put in, nobody knows when they're going to become disabled. They don't plan on that. I certainly didn't. And then when the doctor tells you that you're through, you look at your policy and you say, well, all I've got left is this, and if they waive the premium, then I've got a substantial amount of investment I did not lose, and also I'm still gaining on it. So when I die, there will be enough money there to still pay off what I wanted to pay off to start with, probably some extra, because as the policy goes up, the bills come down, and it makes a lot of difference as to what I can use. And I've had to borrow on occasion from the policy, and I have certainly appreciated the ease with which that is done, and I don't know what I'd have done without it. Well, I appreciate you sharing your story, and uh, if you would, would you take a moment and uh, let people know what type of work you did when you were working, and also tell them what you did as far as your ministry. I think that um, you've done you've done so much to help so many people. Would you mind spending a few minutes on that? No, I was uh, with the state of Florida, and I started out when I started out in nineteen sixty-two. I started out as a I was on the mail desk, and for several years, I worked worked my way up. Every chance I got to take another promotion, I took it. And I ended up being an accountant for, or a budget analyst, which was the highest thing I achieved before I retired. Excuse me, what agency was that, Betty? Department of Highway Safety. Highway Safety, okay. I spent all 30 years there, and I knew that when I got ready to retire, it wasn't really by choice. It was because I was in so much pain with my back that I could not have stayed any longer. So as soon as I got my 30 years, I got out. And even though I was 
asked if I wanted to stay on or if I wanted to come back. My doctor had told me that he would not approve me going back to work. So working on a computer all day long was taking a toll, a serious toll on my back. And he said that little pivoting motion that you do when you're moving back and forth on a computer was just grinding the disc between the vertebrae. And so I was in tremendous amount of pain. And as anybody knows, you can't work with multi-thousands of billions of dollars with uh, pain meds in you. It was really a tough thing to do, but it was not a tough decision to be able to retire because they didn't have the drop program at the time. They didn't have any kind of incentive, really, to try and help people stay there. So my only option was to get out. And so when I made up my mind, I knew my 30 years would be up on February 28th. 1992. So that's the day I quit. <laughs> that's a, that's a, 30 years of service. You know, my grandfather and my father both worked with the state of Florida. So I tell people I grew up in a state employee family, and they both worked at the Florida DOT out at Phoenix Springs. And I have a special appreciation for people who work in state government, university system, school system, county systems because of that, because I think that you folks are not treated with the respect you deserve many times, and uh, it irritates me because, again, I, I'm one of you because I grew up in a state employee family, but I, I tell you, 30 years in the same organization, that's awesome. Thank you for your service. Well, I appreciate that because it was really... Being in the budget department the last 10 or 12 years really puts a lot of pressure on you because, as you know, money's tight in the state. They're all the time coming in with ways to cut the budget, ways to do this, ways to do that. And it's really a juggling act, and you have to learn how to do it. (laughs) Yeah, and I bet it's uh, stressful too, isn't it? Yes, it is. It gets very stressful at times, especially during times when you're writing the budget, you're dealing with the legislature, and they don't understand what's going on out in the field where the people are actually needing new offices and new equipment and all kinds of things like that, and all they know is they're handling the bottom line, and that's the money. Well, they're dealing with the money side of it. They're not seeing what you have to deal with on the day-to-day basis, and, and that's true in, in, bus- in the business world also. The corporate executives, they've got to make decisions looking at money, but sometimes they forget about the people in the field, and it's not that they're not caring people, it's just that they've got their set of issues to deal with, and you've got yours, and we have to find a way to make those work. Uh, right. Betty, Betty, take a minute and tell people what you, you did, because you're also a minister, correct? Yes. Talk about that for a minute, because I, I have a, a fondness there because a friend told me one time, many, many years ago, and he said, you know, John, we're in similar businesses. You help people from the financial side. I help people from the spiritual side. And here's what he said, and I'll never forget this. He said, no person is prepared to live until they're prepared to die. And he said, that applies to you from the financial side with their life insurance, their retirement plans, things like that. 
and it applies to me from the spiritual side. And as I got to know him better, he, he emphasized that regularly. He said, if I can get people, talking about me, he said, John, if you can get people to understand that ultimately they are going to die and take care of the plans for their families today, and they can live a better life because they've taken care of it. And it's the same thing with you in the spiritual side. So your, your comments on that, but also then just kind of tell us what it is that you have been doing, and, and you're still doing some, so just share that with you. Well, I became a full-time minister when I retired, and I served the church, Methodist Church in Lloyd for 16 years. And the only reason I left there was because the church had gotten so small that it was not worth our while to try and fight to keep it open any longer. So we closed that church, and I went down to the Wasissa Church, where I became the youth minister. And it really is a benefit to be able to plan your life so far ahead that when you die, you don't have any worries left behind, that you're not leaving your family with a multitude of stress and aggravation and all kinds of things that go along with a person dying. And it was all laid out in the policy. Everything was taken care of. And I didn't have to worry about it. It was all planned ahead. And I could dedicate all of my time to the ministry and not to having to worry about what was going to happen in the future. The day-to-day life of a minister can get stressful at times. And looking after people, and I ran people even that did not belong to my church. I was the chauffeur that took them to the doctor. Needless to say, my doctor was wrong about the wheelchair because I stepped in. (laughs) And I grew a little teeny piece of bone in my spine that is holding two vertebrae apart that were handling the nerves that go to the lower part of my body. And I have to be very careful. If I move wrong, I could break that little bone. Mm. So then I would be in a wheelchair and there'd be nothing they could do. But... The Lord stepped in, he put that bone in there, and as Dr. Wingo said, he didn't know where it came from, and I told him right quick I did. <laughs> well, so, so here's the thing, doctors, uh, anybody who uh, doesn't really know you that well, in fact, would underestimate you because um, you know, while God intervened there, uh, you're also a tough lady, and you deal with a lot of things that Maybe other people wouldn't give you credit for it, but they don't understand how tough you are. <laughs> well, I also am a patient care volunteer and a minister for hospice. And I have looked after a lot of patients that were dying, and they had a lot of stress on them and on their families. And when it takes a long time to die, like with cancer and that kind of thing, it's hard really hard to deal with for the people, but I'm comfortable in my life because I know my plans are laid. No matter what happens, if I was to walk out the door and drop dead today, everything would be taken care of. Financially and spiritually. Right. See, you just hit a nerve for me because my dad just died on August 15th after battling cancer for several years, and the last nine months are really tough, but he was prepared spiritually and financially. And uh, my mom and my dad got married when I was 12 years old. 
So I've been fortunate that my stepmother is really my mother and my natural mother, so I've had two moms. And I worry about her because of the stress that she endured the last nine months of caring for my dad. And they were married 50 years and nine months. And, right. and she did not need the additional burden of financial matters. So with, by my dad taking action and making sure things are in place, the right option with this pension, with the state, and Social Security, savings, what little bit of investments he did, a little bit of insurance. But making sure all of that was coordinated to take care of my mom gave them the ability that the last nine months of his life, that they didn't worry about the financial side. They, they stress about his health care and things like that. But what you just said there is so powerful in the sense that most people, including people in my business of financial services, I think we get so caught up in the numbers. My policy is so great. Uh, my annuity is great. My mutual fund or whatever. And you know what? It doesn't really matter. What matters is you take the time and do the planning up front, then go find the products and have right. a lease. You know, when you go to look for something and you really don't know what you're looking for and you're not planning for the future, you're planning for right now, really. I really like this policy. I want to get this, you know, but you don't know what kind of disability or whatever's going to come about in the future. True, true. You say one advantage I have is with so many years of doing what I do, and doing it you know, four or five, six times a day on the days that I choose to work, I see so many different plans, whereas a client that I'm sitting with for the first time, they see one plan, theirs. So they, I have an advantage over them in the sense that I have seen literally thousands of plans now in my career, and I'm able to see things like a doctor can see on an MRI that they don't see. Right. And because of the experience and hopefully a little bit of wisdom gained from that experience. But, um, and it's the same thing in, in all, all the people's jobs. The more you do something, you did your work for 30 years, you'd see things that I would never see because you were trained to spot it. To spot it. Betty, before we wrap up here, uh, let's take a couple of minutes here. Is there anything else that you'd want to share with the group or any, any advice to anyone who might be listening to this uh, as they're driving down the road or sitting at their desk? Any any advice uh, that you would offer them as far as uh, planning their future? Listen to their agent. Listen to their agent and let him figure out what, from his experience, he knows is best. Because I, there's things that you have brought up when we were writing my policy that I had never considered. Well, thank you for that, uh, and I thank you for the opportunity to be of service all these years. It's, uh, you, you, you're always inspiring to me. Every time we talk, I'm, I'm inspired because of how much you get done, and we've only scratched the surface, really, of what you've done as far as your, your ministry work, and um, uh, you, you've been an inspiration, and I thank you so much for your friendship and the ability to, to work with you all these years. Well, you're welcome. I just don't understand how much this policy has meant to me. Well, thank you for sharing that and sharing your story. And uh, on that note, I think uh, let's say goodbye right there. And uh, thank you. And uh, I'll give you a call back and we can chat some more. Thank you. Thank you.
If you would like to know more about John Curry Services, you can request a complimentary information package by visiting johnhcurry.com slash podcast. Again, that is johnhcurry.com slash podcast. Or you can call his office at 850-562-3000. Again, that is 850-562-3000. John H. Curry, Chartered Life Underwriter, Chartered Financial Consultant, Accredited Estate Planner, Master's in Science and Financial Services, Certified in Long-Term Care, Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. Securities Products and Services and Advisory Services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial Corporation is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities. Park Avenue Securities is a member of FINRA and SIPC. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this material, we are not undertaking to provide investment advice for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact one of our financial professionals for guidance and information specific to your individual situation. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Guardian and subsidiaries, agents, or employees do not provide legal, tax, or accounting advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Not affiliated with the Florida Retirement System, the Living Balance Sheet, and the Living Balance Sheet logo are registered service marks of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York, copyright 2005-2020. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities or Guardian and opinions stated are their own. 2020-93435 expires February 2022.